All right, all right. Good morning. Welcome to Rush. Hope you guys are excited. Uh, I'm excited to be here. I'm, like, I'm looking forward to this. Um, we have a whole new vision, a whole new name. Uh, whether you're excited about the name or not, it's, it's going to be awesome. It's going to be great. And um, we have a great day today that is planned for us uh, in moving forward. So I hope everybody has your name tag. Remember, if you've been through this drill before, getting a name tag up front is important. Um, it tells us who's here and who's not. helps us to keep track of things. It also has, you'll notice, a room number on there and what team that you're on. Um, just a quick note on that. If you did not get the team that you wanted, like, you know, you were supposed to list, like, three teams um, in a row, and we try to give everybody their first choice, but if we have to consider the needs of Gold Rush, the size of the teams, and so on, and it's kind of like a big draft room for us. We're in there fighting for who gets who and, and what happens and so on. Um, but if you are like, oh, this isn't really where I wanted to be or maybe where, where you don't feel like you need to be, today go ahead and stay with that team. Um, and then you can shoot Ashley an email later on. I want you to pray about it. Think about where God's really calling you. A lot of times people think, oh, this isn't the team that I'm supposed to be on this year. And then after about a week, they, they realize, yeah, no, this is where, exactly where I need to be. So give it some time to marinate with you uh, when it comes to the team that you're on. So that's an important thing. Um, the schedule you see in your handout, you should have a schedule of events. Uh, obviously, currently we are in the, uh, just after the check-in. This is the welcome. That's where we are right now in the schedule. Um, we're going to be going through small group training, a break at 1045 which uh, I think we have some donuts back there for you guys, which would be great. Um, we have a, a couple of games on the schedule, and part of that is what we did last year. We want you to bond with your team. There's a purpose behind these things. It's not just for the sake of fun, although we, there's nothing wrong with having fun. But we want you to bond with the rest of your teammates. And so the, some of the, the games and things that we do are designed for you to connect with other people on your team. Okay, So that is the purpose of that, to get to know your teammates uh, and, and to do that, lunch is at 1, and we do have a hard stop in this room at 1. Uh, normally, we are able to be in here all the time, but there's a Saturday night service in here. So at, at 1 o'clock, we will be dismissing uh, to go eat lunch out in the bricks, and we'll be going out in the field to play a game after that. And after that, you go to your team time where you're with your individual teams, okay? And that's where the, the and we'll remind you of all this at about 12.45, okay? So most of our group stuff's going to be in here in the morning, and then we'll be uh, eating lunch, going out on the field outside. It's a gorgeous day today, so it's going to be fun. And then you'll be going to your team time this afternoon, and your teams will dismiss you. Part of the reason we've done it this way, some teams have a lot to do the first day. Some teams don't have as much. And so your team lead can dismiss you when that is appropriate, okay? So that's what's happening um, throughout the day today. All right, uh, future training times is also on your list. You'll see that. Uh, you already saw a lot of this information. I'm just going over it again briefly uh, to give you an idea of, um, remind you of these things. And you see there's a Rush Servant Team texting group, okay? And Kevin's going to put that number up uh, that you want to te text. Do they te text Rush Servant, Ashley? Or yes, okay. So you're going to text... Rush Servant to 62953. The reason you're going to get do that uh, is 
we, that will add you to the Rush Servant Team texting list. We will send out reminders for the meetings that are important for you to be at, okay? Your team leads can call extra meetings. Keep that in mind. We don't anticipate you can do everything you need for Rush before the conference happens just with our scheduled group times. You're going to have extra meetings in there. But at least the group meetings, we'll be able to remind you of those things and send you extra information as far as that goes. All right. The next, the, okay, yeah, this is uh, another important thing. We did this last year. Everyone who, this is, there's been some confusion about this. And, and everybody who does Rush Servant Team, Rush is for everybody. Okay, you can invite your friends. Your friends can come as part of Perimeter Church. Outside churches come. But Servant Team is for Perimeter students. Okay, you to be involved in this. And you have to go through the membership process in order to be in leadership. That is one of our things that we have done. Last year, a lot of you, over like 100 of you, went through the church membership process called Discover Perimeter. Okay, if you are not a member of Perimeter or have never been through that process, you have to go through that between now and June or you will not be able to stay on this servant team. Okay, that's a prerequisite that we have added starting last year. The next membership class starts March 20th. Okay, Discover Perimeter Starts March 20th. It's Sunday morning at 1045, and you need to be a part of that process to go through that. Does everybody understand that? You do not have to become a member, okay? Maybe you don't feel ready. At the end of that process, you schedule an interview with an elder. Some of you may go through that process and say, you know, you're not really ready for that. We understand that. I'd love to talk to you about that or someone on staff. Please talk to us about it. And we can maybe help guide you or coach you through that process. But membership is an important thing for our leadership uh, of the church as a whole. But it's important to us, too, that you belong uh, to this church. And so um, please take advantage of that. All right? Um, going through all that, we're going to go through the covenant. But I want to um, take a look at Scripture really quickly. Uh, why, do we do, why are we here anyway? Why do we do Rush? Why do we do this conference? This is my tenth one. Okay, um, on staff, and I was at the very first one 20 years ago as a youth pastor from another church. Okay, so this is, st it's, I still have to say, why are we doing this? Why are we going through this? What is it all about? And for, for us, it can become, I worry that it can become kind of a, oh, you know, this is just what we do. And it can become an entitlement, but it's good for us to ask ourselves what this is all about um, I'm in first, I think it's first Timothy, let me see, first Timothy four, starting in verse 12, let no one despise you for your youth, but set the believers an example in speech, in conduct, in love, in faith, and in purity until I come devote yourselves to the public reading of scripture, to the exhortation, to teaching, do not neglect the gift that you have, which was given you by prophecy when the council of elders laid their hands upon you, practice these things, immerse yourself in them so that all may see your progress. Keep a close watch on yourself and on the teaching. Persist in this, for by so doing, you will save both yourselves and your hearers. All right, now this is Paul talking to Timothy. Timothy was a young preacher, and he was writing to him and saying, you're young, and people are going to look at you and say, you're not old enough to do this stuff. 
you shouldn't be involved uh, with something like this. But he said, don't let them look down on you because you're young, but you set the example. You show them that God's spirit is alive in you and is working in you. Now, it, it's a crazy thing that like 18 years ago, Gold Rush was happening and students were really involved, but Matt Brinkley had the brilliant idea to turn it over to students and let them run everything. I'm so glad that he did because it's a unique opportunity. And you guys do show us every year that even though you're young, you can set the example. You can teach, right? He says to do these things. Until I come, devote yourself to the reading of Scripture, exhortation, and teaching. Don't neglect the gift that you have. You all have incredible gifts. We are blown away every year by the things that God does in you and the things that he does through you to pull this off. Every year, we think, man, this is, what we're trying to accomplish is huge. I don't know how we do this. And every year, you all, God working through you, accomplishes great things. And he uses your gifts, and he expands your gifts, and he shows you things about yourself that you didn't even know you could do, right? That is what this conference is about. And he says if you practice these things, if you immerse yourself in them, and that, by that I mean you take this seriously, that you commit yourself to the Lord between now and Gold Rush to say, I'm going to get in shape spiritually because I want to be used mightily by God. I want to see God do something through me that's amazing. Okay? You commit and you immerse yourself in these things, then what happens at the end? For him by so doing... You will save both yourself and your hearers. Saving both yourself and your hearers. You and I don't have that much power, right? We don't, I can't save anyone. You can't save anyone. But God can, and this conference is about eternal things. You realize that? I mean, the investment that you make in the next four months can bring about eternal reward, Someone is going to go at the end of this conference from death to life. Do you understand that? Their entire eternity is going to change. That's what's on the line for this. I don't know about you. That's, that's pretty awesome. That's pretty cool. That's pretty great. That's amazing to think that somebody's eternity is going to change because of what's going to happen. And you and I just have to be faithful, okay? Our team has to be faithful. Our job is to equip you and, and help you and guide you. But we want you, you all, God is going to use your gifts and abilities to pull this off. Okay? So with that said, look at the covenant. It should be on uh, the back page so you can easily tear it off. And I'm going to go through it quickly. And you've already seen this, supposedly, although some of you, your parents sign you up and you don't even see the website. But all of this is on the website, and I'm going to try to hit these really quickly. Uh, you have to be current 8th grader through a 12th grader. So if you snuck in here and you're a 6th grader, I'm sorry, you can't be on serving teams. So you have to leave. Um, all meetings are mandatory. Again, if you've done this year after year, you're familiar with this. Uh, this is not an optional thing. This is not, I don't want to not see you here and call and find out, you know, oh, it's such a sunny day I went fishing. You know, it's a beautiful day I'm out. No, there's a serving team meeting. You kind of have to be here, okay? This is important. Like I was just saying, absences, you must RSVP. Even though these are mandatory meetings, and they all are, we know some things are beyond your control, okay? Your family planned a cruise, you know, a year and a half ago, and it's during one of the meetings. These things happen, okay? 
If that's the case, you email Ashley and let us know. You guys are responsible enough to let us know when you're going to miss a meeting. And so I think we even have it set up now where you have to fill out something every time that tells us if you're going to be here or not. And so you're going to get that. Is that, is that through an email, Ashley, that they get that? So you're going to get an email the week before that's going to say servant team meeting coming up, and you have to check whether you're going to be here or not. It's important for us that you fill that out and that you are responsible. During the week, you want to treat this as an out-of-town event. If you play football or do some kind of sport during the summer and they're like, every morning is weightlifting, you don't get to go to weightlifting every morning. You act like you're out of town. You're out of town that week. You need to tell your coach you're out of town. You can't dentist appointment. Oh, I have a regular orthodontist appointment every second Thursday. Well, during the week of Gold Rush, you can't go to the orthodontist. I'm sorry. Okay? And the reason is, in case you're wondering, because that seems reasonable, we're trying to keep up with where 400 students are. Did you know we've lost students before? It's not a fun thing. I don't like not knowing where a student is. So it's impossible. We have all the bus schedules, all of the hotel schedules, all the chaperones, all of the things. We're moving 400 students around all over the city the week of Gold Rush. And trying to keep up with you and your orthodontist appointment is not a high priority for us. Does that make sense? Clean up. You must stay the last night of Rush uh, to clean up. You can't go through Rush the whole week and leave five minutes before it's all over and skip the cleanup. you got to help clean up like everybody else. We are not doing the lock-in this year for the first time in a whole bunch of years. I know some of you are like, yeah. Some of you are like, boo. But we are not doing a lock-in this year. We are ending Rush at 1130. You will be walking out the door at 1130 the last night on your way home to sleep in your own bed. I know you're excited about that. You should be. Okay? Storytelling, creative, host team, dance team. There are certain teams that you cannot leave two weeks before rush. You can't say, hey, I know I'm on the dance team, and I'm in three dances, and I'm in all the choreography, but I'm going to J Tranch for two weeks before rush starts. That torpedoes your entire team, and they can't do that without you. Okay, so you have to be here leading up to that. There are exceptions that we can make, but if you have an exception, you need to talk to me and your team lead to make sure that we can make those exceptions happen. Certain people who know they're going to be out of town leading up to rush, we make sure you're on a team that it doesn't affect that much or that the team can adjust appropriately. And the last thing, servant team students well, we already went over that. Must be a member of Perimeter Church or go through the class by June 1st. And there's only one more class left, so you have to get in that. Or you will be moved to regular attender. Okay, now this is something different that we're doing. If you turn on the back. Actually, do they have pens as well to do this? You're... All right, if you need a pen, you're going to have to let us know. But here's something we're doing differently. I want you to tear off this sheet... We're going to take five minutes for you to read through these questions. And you can, listen, it's optional to put your name. You want to sign this covenant on the front? You can. If you don't want to sign it, you don't have to. You're going to be seeing this covenant again. But I want you to think about those questions and rate yourself. This is for us to pray for you, okay? And Ashley came up with this emoji scale. I kind of like it. Okay, so when it comes to... Have you really been active in your D group? If you're like here every Sunday and you just can't wait, you're going to hit the smiley face. 
If you're like, I never come to D group, you're going to hit the sad face. Okay, does that make sense? So your spiritual health, take a few minutes. I want you to take a couple minutes and fill this out. Rate yourself. And then you can, there's room to write if you want to write something. Okay, and you're going to turn these in. You can sign it on the front. I would appreciate it if you'd sign it. But if you don't want to sign it, it's not going to be used as a policing tool. Like we're not going to say, oh, you put a sad face and you wrote your name down, so we're kicking you off Gold Rush. Okay, it's not going to work that way. But it will just tell us maybe we want to pray for you a little harder or we might want to just talk to you and see what's going on and how can we help, okay? Take a few minutes to fill this out and then Drew's going to come up and talk and uh, give us some vision for the day and, re and reveal our theme as well, all right? Take a few minutes to fill that out. Oh, yes, you're going to put these in the green basket when you're done. When you're done filling yours out, green basket right here, Okay? Hello. Hi. Hey. Hi. Woo. I'm trying not to overhype this thing, but you guys are really. Uh, we don't have a theme this year. It's called Gold Rush Invisibility Cloak. That's not true. Uh, oh, dang. Yeah. Hey, I'm going to have to tape over this right here. Um, it's just our shirt now. Um, by the way, welcome. How many people, this is their first rush? Everyone raise your hand if no one's been to a rush before. Liars. Okay, here's what that means. Like, does that, does that connect in your brain that this is your first rush? Ah, oh, too bad. So do you, do you hear what I'm saying here? This is the first rush, the first one. And you know what that means, right? That means that all of the rules and things that we had for that thing that used to be called gold rush that doesn't exist anymore, okay, those don't apply. All right? Now what that means is, what that means is you have an opportunity now to start something new. All right, you're literally the first rush, okay? So you get to set the precedent for the next 20 years, okay? So all of those things that we always do, we don't have to do them, all right? If you're like, man, I really hated it when we did, guess what? Change it. It's on you, right? You're the first, okay? Now, that does put a little bit of pressure on you, right? Because you're like, you're setting the standard for the next 20 years. Like, don't screw it up, Right? But it, this one, probably more than any gold rush in the past 10 years, is really about you guys stepping up and making this yours. All right? There's not a formula we can follow. I mean, yes, we technically have some night sessions and some morning sessions and some missions. So in some ways, it's pretty similar. But other than that, it's on you guys to create this thing brand new. Okay? And that, to me, is really exciting. I'm, I'm probably more excited about this one than anyone I've been in in probably five or six years, only because of how, how new we can be, all right? So the one reason that does not work is last year we did, that's not a valid argument anymore. If someone goes, why are, why are you doing it this way? You can't go, well, we've always, does not apply. If you don't have a good reason for doing it, we're going to stop doing it, okay? So if you're like, man, I'm really excited that uh, Goldrush News always has a, nope doesn't work. 
always, there's no always anymore. Okay, there's a now we're going to do it like this because this reason. Does that make sense? So be prepared to have a reason for what you're doing. You can't just rely on last year and try to alter it a little bit. Like, oh, they did a music video last year, so I'm going to do a music video. This doesn't work. Okay? That argument doesn't count anymore. So because you're all here for the very first time, I would just love to tell you a little about what my job is, and I would love to introduce you to someone that's going to be helping me. And then I would love to tell you about what our theme is going to be for this year. Okay? All right. So, if you haven't met me yet, my name is Drew. Um, so, I feel like we're like in a support group. Um, and and you 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 may I I I got the opportunity to speak with you guys a couple months ago about some church and community things. So I'm excited that we get to practice that now with Gold Rush. It's pretty awesome. So, what my job is during Gold Rush is to make you. Oh my goodness! Literally, like 20 years of this, I can't get the word gold out of my my brain. So yeah, just call it, call me on it every time I say gold rush. Thank you. This is my first one, you guys. I don't know what I'm doing. Um, So my job during rush is to make you a success. Okay. So I'm, I'm what's called a producer and the producer's job is not to come with like a, a vision that says, this is what you're doing. The producer's job is to, to take the creative vision that someone else makes and make it a reality. Okay. So a producer of a movie, right? He's not J.J. Abrams. He listens to J.J. Abrams and goes, what do you want to do for Star Wars? Oh, we need to make a giant Millennium Falcon. And the producer's like, cool, I'll find the guys that can do that. So my job is to make you a success, okay? But that relies on you having the idea to, to be able to execute, all right? I can get you a helicopter, but if you don't ask for one, I'm not going to do it. Does that make sense? Which we have done that in the past. Yes, we have had a helicopter for Gold Rush, so I'm just... I'm just name name dropping. It was Gold Rush. No, it was Gold Rush. It was. Ooh, yeah, got you. Yes. Okay. Um, so so that's so that's my role. All right. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to be constantly visiting your team, working with your team, okay, to to understand where you're at from the things that you're trying to create to help you create those better, and also to keep an eye on all the other teams so that you know like. Oh, dance team's like, we're going to do this. And then create a storytelling team is going to be like, oh, we're going to do this. And I can be like, whoa, those things line up. Let's do it together. So it's it's my job to make you a success. All right. So I'm going to demand excellence of you because I think you're capable of it. All right. So I'm going to push you very hard and you're going to be like, I hate that guy. But in the end, I hope we're going to create something amazing for God. Okay. And that's all we can do is do what we're called to do and create something incredible. Okay. God will then show up and make it actually worth something. Okay, so that's me. Feel free to ask me any questions, but I'm going to visit each team later today and we'll have a cool conversation about how your team is going to work and all that kind of stuff. So I'd love to introduce you to uh, our student producer this year, um, your friend and mine, Carrie Sawyer. Come on up. Come on. She has to come up here. Now, the awesome thing is that she's an introvert. So she doesn't want to do this right now, but she's going to have to. See, she didn't even know. I stunned her. All right. Everybody, this is Carrie. All right. Um, if you follow her on Instagram, you'll know that she, which you should, because she takes amazing uh, photographs. She really does. I'm not just saying that. And she has this amazing creative eye for, like, a large vision. She knows, like, she knows when she sees it something good. So she is going to be like me, except, like, way better. Okay, so she'll be with me through this whole thing, and she 
carries like the full weight of authority. So it's like, it's like Jeff and then like Carrie and then me. Okay, see how that works? Like hierarchy. That's how it works. You don't, you don't get to get out of it. Do you, do you want to say anything to anybody? No, she doesn't want to. Um, which is what also makes her amazing is she has great humility. So you're going to be working closely with her, okay? And she is going to keep an eye on all the teams and help, help you work better. So if you're like, Carrie, we need a helicopter. Okay? She's going to find one, right? That's, that's what our role is, okay? So um, I'm excited about it. I hope you guys are too. Um, if you see either one of us, feel free to ask us any question, and we will help you as best we can pushing towards uh, Gorsh. That's it. It's going to take me at least three years to stop saying that. I, I apologize right now. Um, okay, I would love to tell you the theme of gold. Whoa, I caught myself. I'm getting better. I'm getting better. I'd love to tell you the theme of Rush this year. But to do that, I would love our, our student team who helped create that theme. Would you guys come up here? That way, if it's terrible, we can blame you. <laughs> Okay, so um, there are other people on this team. Carrie, Colin. Carrie, Colin. Where are people hiding, or are they just they're hiding? Okay, so there are, there are more than this, but this team has met tirelessly, batting around ideas, thinking about where they're at, thinking about where you're at, thinking about topics and conversations, and what's what's your what are you dealing with, um, and, and what should where should we be taking this? from a vision and theme standpoint. So I would love one of you to share with us the theme. Who do you think has it figured out the best that wants to talk about it? I think Carrie does. <laughs> they, they voted you. You're the producer. Um, it would have been nice to have warning about oh. this. <laughs> like, do you want me to like, no, <laughs> no. Um, okay, so basically when we were talking through things, um, a lot of what came up was, um, oh gosh, this is going to sound all over the place. Um, we were talking a lot about, um, like, this idea of uh, community and, like, what that means. Um, and, like, it had a different definition for each of us, so we kind of had to spend some time breaking it down. Um, but we have this, like, innate desire for like understanding and relationships and everything but we talked about how um, we could expand that and live out our faith um, and make it something attractive um, and what that can do in the world like how we can go out and um, and like change the world with that basically um, and so our theme is generation now um, and so basically like we are this new generation we have so much at our fingertips with like technology and everything um, and we are in like this pivotal point in time um, where we really have like the chance to do something great with um, in the world with our faith and um, kind of like uh, create something new but it's it can happen now like when you're 16 15 18 17 gotta include that um, and so, like, you don't have to wait until you're in your 20s or your 30s and, like, you have a job and, like, more authority or whatever. Like, it's something that you can do now in the moment, and we want that to feel immediate, like a call to action. Um, I, I don't know what else to say, but. That's pretty good. All right. Thanks, Gary. Hey, let's, let's thank this team.
You guys are awesome. Cool. Do you want to say anything? Anybody? Thoughts? It's pretty good. I pretty much, I feel good about it. Thanks, thanks, y'all. Appreciate it. So, by the way, hey, it's it's rush now, so it's the first one. So for the first time in probably ten years, we have a two-word theme instead of a one-word theme. I just want to blow your mind there for a second. Um, but it's it's really two words, okay? Generation, which by the way is you, and generation is that community part. It's that you're together in this. You're not alone in this. You're together in this, and so as one. Uh, you have an opportunity to both not be alone in the world, which I think is actually a big deal right now, um, to not feel alone, to feel a part of something, to, to be a part of a community, a body of Christ. So that, that's, that's part of it. Then the other part is you're not just a generation that's created for you. You're a generation that's created for the world, for God to do something incredible in the world. And that actually starts now. It doesn't start later. It's not when you're older. Um, and, and in fact, if you look at this I'm going to call it a cultural moment, like this place we are in our, our country, in our world right now. You guys are literally the first of a new era, um, the, the, the first to live in an information age, the, the first to think for yourselves at such a young age, the first to, to not grow up just trusting everything your parents say, the, the first to live in a world that's probably what I'll call post-Christian, which is kind of a weird word, but it means that like the, our society used to be pretty heavily Christian influence, and we're moving to a point that's past that. And so you are growing up as the first generation that has an opportunity to, to create the next 500 years, probably, of the church. And so that happens now, right now. And so those two things and that theme of being together and becoming uh, an attractive force of the gospel in the world, I, I think is, is as you're learning to navigate the world you live in, how do you stand firm in your faith without going the opposite direction and being that radical, judgmental, crazy person that the world is saying Christianity is, right? So the world, world is going to say you're a, you're a, you know, a fanatic, but also you don't want to just go along with the flow. How do you live in that space together? That's really what it's about. So as you, go, uh, as you go ahead creatively, begin thinking about what it looks like to live as one and to live in a world that's an attractive gospel, a, a church that's known for what it's for instead of what it's against. Th- that's a pretty big deal, I think, going forward in these next, uh, these next hundred years, probably, of the church. So that's exciting to me. I'm, I'm super excited about it. I think topically, like, this is probably the, like, the biggest topic we've dealt with in a lot of years, because we're talking about influence in the whole world. Um, so I, I'm very excited about it, and we'll we'll visit each team. We're going to talk more about this, and if it's kind of confusing to you right now, don't panic at all. Um, we're going to unpack this and see what this looks like and see what speaker stories are turning out to be and all that kind of stuff, and it's gonna, I think it's going to turn out to be a pretty amazing year. So I'm excited. I'm going to turn it over to Travis, uh, who I think is doing some <laughs> training. It's a pretty big welcome, buddy. I mean, you're not blind. <laughs> uh, and I will see you guys later today in your teams. Thanks, Drew. Thanks for all the work you've already put in on this. Y'all give it up for Drew. Oh, so good to see y'all. Um, I really mean that. I'm not even just saying it. It really is good to see all y'all. Let me pray real quick. Father God, thank you so much for all the servants in this room. Um, just thank you for 
calling them, and you did nothing short of called them to this room this morning, to this servant team, to be involved in this huge thing uh, that is now Rush. Father, I just pray for the impact that all of them are going to have, specifically now uh, through the lens of being small group leaders. Um, in, in my book, there is no greater impact and no greater platform for an impact than within a small group setting. So, Father, I just pray for them. I pray for their abilities. I pray for their comfort. I pray that they know that they are equipped because they are children of God. Um, thank you so much for all of them. We could not do this without them. I cannot say that enough. We could not do this without them. We love them so much. <sighs> thank you for them. Thank you for your son. And it's in his holy matchless name we pray. Amen. All right. So, small groups. So, I get to do it again because, uh, as you know, I am hyper, hyper passionate about it. Um, it's also good to see some of my Bricks small group leaders here. That's good. Speaking of which, shameless plug, if anybody would like to be a small group leader at the Bricks, please come talk to me. Uh, I would love to have you. There's my shameless plug for recruiting, and we'll get that out of the way. So why we do small groups? Can anybody tell me why we do small groups? Don't be afraid. Just scream out. Austin. A huge impact on both you and the students. Yes. Anybody else? Nathan? So just kind of unpacking the talk and taking what was said from stage and helping them digest that and all that good stuff. Absolutely. Ems? Great. Uh, to summarize what she said, they really give you a platform for going deeper. Um, and all of those are, are correct. Um, the reason that I love small groups, and it's kind of just a twofold reason. Um, one, first and foremost, Jesus did them. Now, I know that you've heard this before, and well, yeah, Jesus had 12 men, and he led a small group, and all that good stuff, blah, 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 the disciples, okay? We've heard all that before, but just think about that a second, right? The, the God of the universe chooses to come down to earth, and if that doesn't blow your mind just in and of itself, he doesn't, he, his mission is to literally save his chosen people, right? And so, does he get up and address all of them? Like, because if he wanted to, he could literally just start talking, and every single one of his chosen people would just hear, hear this voice, and you'd be kind of doing this, like, somebody's talking to me, right? But he didn't do that. He, in fact, one thing that I like to say about Jesus is he's kind of the antithesis to what you thought he was going to be. He's certainly the antithesis to what the Jews thought he was going to be, right? He's going to be this destroyer. He's going to conquer all our enemies. We're going to, I mean, it's all going to be all good. But here he came as this servant, right? So that was certainly against what they thought it was going to be and outside of everything they ever thought it was going to be. But then he does it through small groups. He literally changes the world and I guess if you want to say it like this, starts his mission of saving all of his chosen people and he does that through 12 ordinary, uneducated people. In other words, just average people, 
right? Just like you, me, average people. He uses average people to change the world. So he did it, but two, I am convinced, kind of like I said in my prayer, right? I am convinced that there is no better way to earn the right to be heard than in small groups. So if y'all have been walking down the beach or, you know, uh, even in downtown Atlanta, and who's seen a street preacher before, people handing out like, tracks like here make sure you read this and it and it literally has usually fire on the front of it and it's like you're going straight to hell unless you read this right now um hurry you have 10 seconds to do it um type stuff right um can jesus and god is that is that outside of his capability to use as an impactful thing in somebody's life absolutely not but is it it, it is it as impactful as literally and truly investing in the lives on a steady basis in others. I mean, Jesus is all about relationships, right? There's just something that happens when you as a small group leader and these students come in and even the ones who are still completely closed off to it, there's just still this, there's this feeling, right? It's instantaneously, at least earning the right from a platform standpoint to be heard and then you get to literally invest in their lives right like it's it's not an awkward conversation in fact it's the whole reason that we do small groups at the bricks right so these students are out here and they're playing foosball and it's not this just strange person that they don't know coming up and going hey do you want to talk about Jesus right (laughs) because we we would literally have nobody attend the bricks on a weekly basis because even for our Christians that would be weird I mean if somebody asked me that as a Christian I'd be like no, <laughs> right? Um, it, it literally earns you the right to be heard. And now when Martha Ann, Haley, or Rachel, or Garrett, or James go up to somebody and go, hey, what's up, man? You want to hang out for a while? Sure, I know you. You're my leader. It makes sense, right? So it earns you the right to be heard. Now, once you get your group and all that good stuff, did y'all get your co-leaders? Are they on your? Sweet. Okay. Once you get your group, you're going to go after the first session on night one. Is it night one or morning one? When's that happening? Night one. Okay. So night one, when that happens, he, he, something is huge, y'all. It's probably the most important thing you're going to do. And the phrase that I like to use is establish the culture. I'm just going to read this. Night one literally sets the tone for how everything is going to go for the week. Now, that's not to say that if your group starts out with everybody disrupting, you can't rescue that culture and and change it, but it will be difficult, right? And on the flip side of that coin, if it starts out great, that doesn't mean that by Wednesday evening, it can't devolve into just this disaster of a small group where it's completely ineffective and you're beating your head against the wall and they're completely disrupting and you're like, What happened? It was completely different on night one and morning two, so on and so forth. Here's my point. Culture, and yes, your small group is going to have a culture. Y'all have a culture. This servant team is a culture, and I love it, by the way. Again, y'all are the holiest people in the church because you serve, and you don't have to be here. You're here, and you don't have to be. Holiest people in the church. Love y'all. But your small group has a culture, okay? That's huge. And that culture has to be protected, at all times. You literally have to be intentional about protecting the culture within your small group. Is it going to be a safe place to share, right? Is the kid who never, ever, ever speaks up, is he going to feel it's a safe enough environment to actually say something, right? Inside, he or she is screaming out like, 
man, I just want to be heard. Man, I want to be heard. But I do not feel safe in this place. That's your job. Hear that. That is your job to create that culture. Now, there's going to be three types of people in your group. And there are three types of people in any group, any small group. I don't care if you call it discipleship group, small group, connect group, doesn't matter group. I, I don't care. There's always going to be three types of people, okay? There are going to be the ones who disengage, and they're the ones who sit there and say nothing. One word answers to questions. Hey, tell me how Jesus has impacted your life. Yes. Okay, like at what point did that happen? 12. And you're like, okay, next, right? Um, then there are the disruptors. And I'll just be honest with you, that was me growing up, okay? I know that probably shocks you and you can't see that about my personality at all, but I know it's so far from the truth. But yes, I was a disruptor, okay? And they're the ones who, they want attention really well. And here's an interesting thing. Disrupting does not mean just talking about things like, in other words, if you're talking to them about, I don't know, communion and why we do it, it's not just them saying, well, what about Matt Ryan always forcing the ball to Julio Jones, which really makes me mad, by the way, but um, they don't talk about, like, they talk about that. That's not only the way that you can disrupt. You can actually be an over-talker. Now, I know y'all have experienced this sometimes in your groups. You know the over-sharers who literally in every single topic, when all of them come up, they always talk, and it's like 70% of it, right? They just kind of garner all of the conversation. That was me. All right, so you have those people, and then you have the engagers, okay? They're completely engaged, and so again, you can be engaged and disrupt at the same time, okay? Um, but they want to go deep. They're thirsting for more. You've earned the right to be heard with them, um, all of that good stuff. So there's all three. Now, all of these variables go into creating the culture that you end up having, right? And it's going gonna, it's gonna to be how... You handle those three different people, and we'll talk about that later in session two, but it's going to be how you handle those people. That's going to determine the type of culture you have, okay? So how do you establish a healthy small group culture? We're going to go through this, and then we're going to break up into groups because y'all know me. I don't want to just be a talking head up here, so we're going to do some fun stuff. And yes, Jeff, I promise I will be on time, and you're going to owe me a dollar. Um, all right. Or a donut. Do we say a donut? Red Velvet Sarah's Donut, please. Go ahead and get that, get that on a napkin for me. Um, all right. How do you, now, so we said, okay, you need a healthy small group culture. That's really hyper important, all that good stuff. Now, how do you get that? Well, here's the first thing you do, and I know I'm going to shock you. You probably didn't see this coming, but you really need to pray. All right, that's probably a good idea. Um, because here's the thing. The only thing that is going to earn you the right to be heard, and it's so important that you hear this. The only thing that's gonna earn you the right to be heard, the only thing that's going to allow you to create a healthy culture, the only thing that's going to make you effective as a small group leader is the Holy Spirit, right? And the Holy Spirit does whatever he wants to do, whenever he wants to do it, or whenever it wants to do it, right? Um, you have to depend upon that. Literally, you might not know the names of the students in your group now, but start praying for them now because God knows the names of your students that are going to be in your group. And probably Ashley White, too, maybe a little bit. She's pretty close, okay? But um, so go ahead and do that. Establish guardrails and be intentional and convey that to them. In other words, on night one, tell them, and it, even if 
like, okay, I really want this to be a safe place for everybody to be able to share. Tell them that this is going to be a safe place for everybody to share. Tell them how it's going to be a safe place for everybody to share. In other words, hey, we're going to be respectful of each other. Um, great way to also do that is to say, no matter what, not even your parents, you cannot say anything that any other student says inside of this group. Like, this is a safe place. It is protected. We are not going to leave this place and go, dude, you would not believe what this dude is going through in my group and what he said. I couldn't believe it. No, 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 no. We're not going to do that. Now, if you want to tell your parents what you talked about, that's great. You can absolutely do that, and we encourage that. But you are not going to tell other people what your, the other, your other fellow group members talk about inside of this group, right? So it's things like that. Establish those guardrails on night one, all right? Um, be present and be there for them. Don't be texting. Don't do stuff. Just don't, right? Be, you be engaged. You need to model what you want them to be inside of group. So don't be on your phone. Listen. Here's a great thing. When they talk, like when they give you an answer, ask a follow-up question, right? Like don't just, don't be going through the leader guide and have, you know, eight people in your group and you're going, okay, answer. Yeah, you answered. You answered. You answered. That's not a successful group, right? A successful group is when this happens, and I love it. Um, and it happens so a term we used to love, love to use here, organically. I'm not even sure what that means, but I'm pretty sure it applies. Um, so is when you say, okay, Bob, um, how has Jesus impacted your life? Well, I got saved when I was 10, and I've just been on that path ever since. Okay, cool. Now, it'd be easy to go to the next person, right? But instead, you go, well, Bob, tell me about that experience. Like, wh what was that like? What, what was happening in your life that made you make that decision? What, tell me what's happened in your life, because he said he was still on that path, right? So what's happened in your life since that has kept you on that path? Ask follow-up questions. Here's what's true. Little hint in life. People ask questions about what they care about. Does that make sense? People ask questions about what they care about. If you ask them questions, and especially those follow-up questions, it's such an easy, easy way to convey, hey, I'm here for you, and I care about you, and I want to know you. Because all of us really just want to be known, you know? And so that's a great way to convey that to them. Um, lastly, facilitate conversation more than you talk, okay? So... There will absolutely be lulls and probably more on the guy's side than on the girl's. Um, it, it, but it is, it's so, it's so true. Like, it's, I could point out example after example. Um, but yeah, guys are just hard, man. Um, we have the emotional depth of like a spoon. And so <laughs> it's just hard, right? Um, but facilitate conversation more than you talk, right? So maybe that kind of looks like this. Um, there's a lull. Uh, you know, you're kind of getting one-word answers. And you have some pretty engaged people. You know they've been engaged up until this point, And there's just this lull. Maybe it's the topic. Maybe it's the night. Maybe it's, hey, your culture for that evening is just kind of, man, we're tired. Let's just disengage. Well, a good thing to do is maybe tell a little personal story. 
uh, that's kind of reflective about either A, what y'all are talking about, or B, what was talked about from stage, right? Hey, so you know what? When that guy was talking about that, or when whoever, when Carrie Sawyer was preaching, and it just really resonated, yeah, Tom, you're going to do it. You didn't know. That's, so you had to lead this, and now you have to preach as well, all five sessions. Um, but when, when she was preaching, it, it really resonated with me because back when I was y'all's age, I was doing, going through this, right? And you tell a little short story just to, again, what you're trying to do is create a safe place for them to be heard, okay? So here's how we're going to practice. Um, now, if you were on, if you're either one of my leaders at Bricks or were on my watershed servant team, you will know that I, what did I do at the very beginning of every single meeting we had? Name, game, and question. So you will see in your handout, somebody give me a handout. Hey, oh, got it. All right. So you'll see in your handout some chit-chat questions, okay? So they're on the third page, I guess that is. All right. Now, these are fantastic. I love these. Here's what, exactly what you do on night one. And honestly, they're, they're kind of fun. And it, it's so simple, but you actually kind of start to look forward to the questions. Like literally students will start looking forward to answering the questions. So I would honestly, and I'll put a couple on every single leader guide, because yes, once again, y'all will get leader guides reflective of every single talk from stage and all of that good stuff. Did, did that help y'all last year in leading groups? Okay, sweet. So we'll definitely do that again. Um, we'll put a couple of chit-chat questions and so I would love for y'all to literally just go in and play the name game with each other. Um, we're going to break up in groups of eight, same gender. Um, eight to ten is okay. Find your co I'd love for you to find your co-leader and do this together. So y'all find your co-leader and get with other groups. After you do the chit-chat questions, I would love for you guys to discuss how you're going to establish some guardrails and what those look like. Break on three. One, two, three. Go, can I get some light background music, please? All right, guys, hopefully y'all got some semblance of kind of what it's going to be like, uh, all that good stuff. Hopefully y'all had fun answering the questions. We'll keep them kind of like that. Um, hey, real quick, who, anybody for some nominees for uh, best in trouble when you were younger story? No, not my story. That doesn't, I told you all that, and that doesn't. James, what'd you do? Okay, yeah, we'll leave that one there. Yeah. If you wanted to hear the story about me driving a Volvo up a tree that belonged to my parents, I'll come tell you that. Just come find me after. It's a true story. Just ask Carrie, a.k.a. Tom Sawyer. Uh, all right, hey, let me pray for y'all real quick. Because I'm trying to end right on time at 1045 because Jeff didn't think I could do it. So I'm going to knock out a 35-second prayer. Here we go. Um, Father God, uh, just thanks for humor. Um, thank you for all of my friends in this room uh, just being here, giving up a Saturday to come and prepare um, to do Rush Well. Um, thank you for just another weekend to be alive. And uh, thank you most of all for your son, and it's in his holy name we pray. Amen. Five, four, three, two, one.